God is not slack in his promises. And when Jesus stood on that mount before he ascended, he said, all power has been given to me. All power has been given to me. You can go to the slide before that, Lisa. Uh, All power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Well, Jesus ascended to heaven. But guess who is still on earth? His body. And so if we are the body of Christ... I believe that I'm not out of line in saying that we share in that all power. Come on, the head is in heaven, but the body remains. And we have all power. And I believe God wants us to exercise that power. I believe that's why this morning his presence was here so strong. To heal us, to deliver us from things, to restore us. So that we can be in a place where we can exercise that all power that the Father has given him and us. I want to talk a little bit this morning about why we speak. Now that sounds like an odd title to a message, but I believe there is a purpose. Listen, we are unique creatures, humans. God made a lot of creatures, animals, bugs, insects, all sorts of things. But none of them have a unique ability that we have. And that is to speak. Animals communicate in all types of different ways. Even plants, I believe, communicate sometimes. But none can communicate the way that we communicate. God gave us a special gift, and that is the gift of speaking. Why did he give that to us? Why would he allow us or purpose us to speak words? There must be a purpose for it because God doesn't do anything that does not have a purpose. Even your appendix has a purpose. (laughs) Even a fly has some purpose. He doesn't do anything that doesn't have a purpose. And so he gave us the ability to speak for a reason. And I believe that communication out of our mouth is the highest form of communication. And we're going to find out why this morning. It's the highest form of communication. Do you know that when God created the heavens and the earth, he didn't take his hands and uh, take some instruments, a saw, and maybe a hammer and some things? You know what he did? He said, let there be light. He said, he spoke, and it happened. Creative power out of our mouths. Why we speak. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs. You know this passage of scripture very well but I believe it's important for us to reemphasize this morning Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 I'm in the New King James version of the Bible you may be in a, a different version of the Bible but we'll get to the same place together amen Proverbs chapter 18 says this Death and life, not just death, not just life, but both death and life are in the power, power, the dunamis, the authority of the tongue. And those who love it 
will eat the fruit thereof. Now that is a powerful statement. That is a powerful passage of scripture. They all are. But this one is very powerful. I'm telling you that we know this passage of scripture. We've heard it preached on before. We've probably preached it to others. But as I listen to conversations that I hear, I still wonder if we really believe that death and life are in the power of the tongue. I was having a conversation with my wife yesterday, and I said, you know what? My greatest enemy is not Satan. My greatest enemy is my mouth. It's my greatest enemy. And we have often heard that the words we speak are important. We can encourage with our words. We can discourage with our words. We can speak positive. We can speak negative. Come on. We can be glass half full people with our words. We can be glass half empty people with our words. The truth of the matter is that we, what we speak reflects who we are. It really does. And when you speak, your words will plant the seed of success or failure. Because death and life are in the power. Now, Jesus said, I have all power. But guess what? This power, now listen, track with me now. This power of death and life, he has given to you and I. Now, I'm not making that up. It says it in the word. Death and life are in the power of this tongue. So there's a purpose that God gave us to use words and to speak. There is a purpose. And there's three things I want to share with you this morning. There's a lot more than just three, but we'd be here uh, for weeks. But there's three main things I want to share with you this morning. Come on now, let's take advantage of, this, uh, of, the, of, of the presence that God has here this morning. It's here for a purpose. Come on. Three things. Number one, change your destiny. Change your destiny. You don't like where you are in life? What have you been saying about your destiny? I guarantee you that if you look back over your life, if you were able to go back and listen to some conversations that you've had with people, and then you look at where you are now, you would go, yep, it's exactly what I said. I'm exactly where I said I would be. Or I'm exactly where so-and-so said I would be, and I agree with it. Come on. Power of agreement. God uses things that have not manifested. Listen to me now. He uses things that have not yet manifested to change those things or to bring to naught, and that word naught is zero, those things that are manifested. Flip over in your Bible to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, the Bible says this. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. 
Hmm. But God has chosen the what? Foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things which are. Listen to it out of the Amplified. It says, for simply consider your own call. Brethren, not many of you who were considered to be wise according to human estimates and human standards, not many influential, not many powerful, come on, not many of high and noble birth, no, for God selected or deliberately chose on purpose. He did not choose you by accident. You didn't sneak in the back door and he said, well, come on, since you're here now. He chose you on purpose. What in the world is foolish to put to shame the wise? And what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame? And God also selected or deliberately chose what in the world is lowborn and insignificant and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing that he might despise or depose and bring to nothing or not the things that are. Now, listen to what I'm saying here in 2 Corinthians. Listen to what this is saying. If there is something that you can see, taste, feel, touch, hear with your physical senses, those things that are manifested, that need to be changed in your life, the kingdom way is that God will use those things that are not manifested, come on, to change those things that are manifested. It's near impossible to use something that's already manifested to change something that's already manifested. That's not the kingdom way. Track with me now. Track with me. What God is telling the Corinthians through Paul here in 1 Corinthians is that I will use those things that you cannot see, that the world cannot see, to change your circumstances, to change your destiny. But there has to be a conduit, a way, a pipeline to get it from the spiritual realm into this physical realm. What you speak, what you say, what you say, what you say is so important. This is how it becomes manifested. As long as you can see it, you can use your faith and the word of God to change it. I'm not making it up, saints. We just read it in Corinthians. And not only that, but the reason why a lot of times things don't get changed is because we look foolish to other people. And it's a little embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing when I'm hurting to say, listen, I know God has the power to heal and I'm, I'm gonna be, God's, God's healing me. Really, because you look like you're hurting to me. That's what someone would tell you. 
I have a mountain of debt, but guess what? I'm going to use the principles of this word, and I am going to be out of debt. I will be out of debt. God promised me an abundant life. Jesus said, I come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. More abundantly. That's a promise from God. And so I'm going to stand on that promise. People will ask you, well, what kind of job are you going to get? Who's going to give you money? Your aunt going to die and leave an inheritance? You playing the lotto? What you doing? I'm speaking the word of God over my life. I believe it and I'm speaking it. That's how my circumstances are going to change. Now, we also have to line up with this word. Come on now. You cannot say, listen, I'm healed in Jesus' name and go out and eat three racks of ribs. Come on now. Five days a week. You could do that, but guess what? It will never manifest because your actions are not lining up with your words. But it begins by you speaking it. It begins by you speaking it because what you speak is really what's in your heart. You know, people will will say some things and then they'll say, oh, no, I was just kidding. I was just joking. Well, guess what? No, that must have been in your heart somewhere. The Bible says it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the Bible says. So listen to some of your conversations. It's in your heart if you're speaking it. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, For the things which are seen are temporary, or temporal, King James. They're temporary. What you see is temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And so out of your mouth needs to come, listen, I'm hurting, but this is a temporary situation. Oh, it has an expiration date. According to the word of God, it says what I see is temporary. Oh, there's a mountain of debt. I know it. I got myself into it. Come on. But guess what? If I start following the principles of this word, that's temporary. It's temporal. It has an expiration date. And that thing which is eternal, that abundant life, come on, that head and not the tail that God said you would be, that above and never again beneath that God promised you, that's eternal. And that will manifest. Say this with me. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now what you just said right there, you said that you walk by the things that are unseen and not by the things that are seen. That's what you just said. When you say, I walk by faith and not by sight, you're saying, I'm walking by the things that are not seen of these natural eyes. But I'm walking by a substance. Faith is not uh, without substance. Faith is a substance. It is the substance of things hoped for. It is the substance of things not seen. And so when you walk by faith, you're walking by what's not seen. And everybody else will call you foolish. And crazy. But guess what? God will use that foolishness to bring down the wise. Come on. That's the way God operates. But it has to come out of this mouth. Why we speak is so important. Listen to Joshua 1a. You've heard it before. The, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. From your mouth. From your mouth. 
But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then, if you meditate on it day and night and it does not leave your mouth. In other words, he's not saying there it, it, you don't speak it. What he's saying is what you speak is only what's in the book of the law. That's what's in your mouth. When we do that and you observe to do all that is written therein, guess what the other side of that is? Guess what the other side of the equal sign is? For then you, not God, not your boss, not the bank, not your husband or wife, you, mm, come on now, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Good success is important, not bad success. You won't get your money a dirty way. Come on now. But you'll have good success. That's what God told Joshua, and that's what he's telling you. 2 Corinthians 4.13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, you and I, come on, according to what is written. Now listen to this now. I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we what? We speak. We speak. Listen, what you believe is evidenced by what you say. You want to know what somebody believes? Just listen to them talk sometimes. Listen to them talk. And if you talk more about the problem or the circumstance... You're saying that you believe more about the situation than the Word of God. That's what we're saying this morning. See, you hear a lot of these prosperity messages and those type of things. And listen, God would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. But where we miss it sometimes when we, when we listen to some of those things is that we think by just not just saying the opposite of what we really are makes us not that. In other words, if I'm sick, I'll just say I'm not sick. No, the truth is you are sick. But you don't need to go around saying I'm sick. You need to go around saying God is healing me. There's a difference in fact and truth. The world will call you crazy for saying that. They don't believe it. But there's a difference in fact and truth. Come on now, we're talking about what you see that's temporal, and what you don't see, that's eternal. I, Jesus, by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes. The Bible says that. Two places. Isaiah says, by his stripes, I am, I, I am healed. Peter looked back and said, by his stripes, we were healed. Work already done. Now, what are you saying? What are you saying? Come on, what are you saying over your life, over your children? What are you saying over your family? Are you putting more emphasis on the problem, on the sickness, on the debt, on the bad relationship? Or are you digging in this word, what does God have to say about it? And that's what I'm going to start speaking. You ought to be able to tell what a person believes by hearing what they say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. You want to change your destiny, 
Start speaking what God's saying about you. Start speaking, I am the head and not the tail. Start speaking, I am above and never again beneath. Start speaking, listen, this book of the law is in my mouth. I'm observing to do all that is written therein, and I will make my way prosperous, and I will have good success. Come on, start speaking it. That's where it starts. I'm going to speak right now that every empty chair in this place will be filled. Every empty chair in this, because God has a purpose for this church. Every empty chair will be filled. God has a purpose for us. Do you know why we're even here? Yes, we're here to worship. We're here to praise God. We're here to get healed and to fellowship. But listen, before Jesus rose on that mount, he said, go. He said, go and multiply. Go, make more. Bring them in. Bring them in. And so I'm speaking right now. Every empty chair in this place will be filled. Not just so that we can say we have a lot of people at church. Our church has a lot of people. But because it's God's will that we be fruitful and multiply. And we go on unto full stature. Go on unto full stature. Change your destiny. Number two, bring clarity and understanding to your situation. Come on, bring some clarity and understanding to your situation. Sometimes I just need to hear what someone has to say. I think I know what they mean. I think I know how they are and what they can do. But sometimes we just need to sit down and I need to hear what you have to say. You need to hear what I have to say. Even God, who knows your heart, who knows what you will do before you do it, wants to hear something out of your mouth. I'm telling you, that's scripture. Because he doesn't save you without a confession. Come on, Romans 10. And he's very specific in there. Confess with your mouth, not with your mind. Not in your heart. Well, in my heart, they really know how I am. No, they don't. Speak it out of your mouth. Don't be afraid. Speak it. Bring some clarity to the situation. Psalm 119, 129 says this. The entrance of your word, when your word comes on the scene, it gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. This is why if you want to change your destiny, don't just make up something. Because the Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. And in order to speak your word, you must know your word. If we don't know your word, we can't speak your word. So we must know this word. We must get this word down in us so much until it saturates us. Until there's not room for sin. Until there's not room for negativism. Until there's not room for backbiting and offenses and all of those things. Replace it with this word. Get into this word. And speak it. Because when you do that, the entrance of his word brings light. Now I see clearly. Come on, how many know it's, it's difficult to move forward into your destiny if you really can't see where you're going? But when you can see clearly where you're going, it's easier to walk into your destiny.
Walk into it. And it's important to say it. Don't just keep it to yourself. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, in your heart, you want to be a doctor, but you really don't want to tell anybody. You know, I, I'm, I used to be that way where I didn't want to really say what was really in my heart because if it didn't come to pass, people might laugh at me or it might be a little embarrassing. I thought you said you was going to be a doctor. And now look at you. Well, the reason why I never was a doctor, because I didn't speak it out. I really didn't believe it in my heart. And say it. Say the word of God. Say what you believe. Speak it out. Speak it out. I'll tell you how important the words you say are. Jesus put it this way. He said, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Because that's what's in your heart. That's what defiles a man. And then thirdly, sowing seeds with our words. Important, saints. You sow seeds with your words. Genesis 8.22 says this. While the earth remains, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, Winter and summer and day and night. And then he says this, shall not cease. I have a question for you this morning. Is the earth remaining? Is the earth still here? Come on, the earth's still here this morning? Then guess what? Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest is still here. And it works in the spirit realm. Actually, it works in the spirit realm first and then manifests in the natural realm. Because God is spirit. So God from the spirit realm said, let there be light. And it manifests in the natural realm. Starts in the spirit realm, manifests in the natural realm. Seed time and harvest. I'm here to tell you, where you are today, June 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2013, at whatever time it is in the morning, where you are right now is a result of seeds that you have sown months ago, maybe years ago. Where you are in your relationship with your husband, your wife, with your job, your financial situation. Come on. Where you are in your career, whatever it is, is a result of sowing seeds months ago, years ago. So, you want to change your situation? Guess what? Start sowing seeds. A farmer doesn't sit on his porch and say, boy, it sure would be nice to have corn out there in the field. Guess what? As long as he sits on his porch, there's going to be no corn in the field. <laughs> Until you go start tilling the ground. That's why I always pray, till the ground of my heart, Lord. Make it, prepare it. And until you plant seed, nothing will grow. Want to change your situation? Change your financial situation? Change your relationship? Change your career, your job situation? Whatever it may be? Start planting seed today. And then you got to water it. you got to take care of it. God watches over his word, but you got to water it. Start planting seed today. Where you are today is a result of seed sown months ago. You cannot sow, however, what you do not have. Farmer can sit on the porch, say, boy, I sure wish I had corn. 
and say, you know what? I'm going to go sow some corn. But guess what? If he has no corn, where is he? You cannot sow what you do not have. How can you sow the word of God if you don't have it in your heart? Come on now. I know I'm on Front Street this morning. I am with me. You may not have heard that term when I was little. My dad used to say, I'm on Front Street now. That means I'm, I'm right in your face. <laughs> I'm on Front Street. I went down college, made a left on the bypass, and I'm right on Front Street. <laughs> Come on. If you don't know this word, it's difficult to speak it. Come on now. This is where it starts. We got to get in this where you cannot sow what you do not have. Allow God to supply the seed that you sow. In other words, don't make up confessions, but confess the word of God. The only way that you can confess the word of God is to know the word of God. The only way for you to know the word of God is for you to read the word of God. Come on. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, God who supplies seed to the sower, supplies seed to sow and bread to eat, will also supply you with all the seed you need, and he will make it grow. And guess what? It will produce a rich harvest from your generosity. He supplies seed to the sower. You cannot sow what you don't have. Supplies your seed, supplies seed to the sower, supplies you with all the seed that you will need. And he helps you to make it grow, produce a rich harvest. He supplies you means for liberality, supplies you means for giving. Matthew 7, 17 and 18 says, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. What kind of seed are you sowing? Well, what's in your heart? Is it something from the movie The Purge? Is it what you've been listening to people say at work? Is it negativism? Is it criticism? Is that what you've been sowing? Guess what? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You sow criticism, guess what? That's what you're going to get. You sow hate, evil, <laughs> guess what you're going to get back? Guess, the, guess what harvest you're going to receive? But if you sow love, guess what you will receive back? If you sow positive God's word confession over your life, guess what harvest you will begin to, to get? From the spirit to the physical realm, God will make it manifest. See, when God supplies seed, it will be good seed, which produces good fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. It is impossible for you to have good seed, or what I call God's seed, and produce bad fruit. You can't do it. You can't speak the word of God over your life and produce bad fruit. It's impossible. You have a guarantee from God that you will produce good fruit in your life. If you speak his word over your life, you are guaranteed God's best when you sow God's seed. Have faith in your, that your seed will produce despite 
small beginnings. Some of us give up too quickly. You don't plant seed today and then go out and look in the field and say, well, there ain't no corn, so forget it. It doesn't happen like that. It's got to be watered. It takes time to grow. Even though the growth is imperceptible, it is constant. Trust me. Inevitable and slow, but sure, it will break forth and I will reap my miracle harvest. Come on, we need to speak that out. And you need to have a vision for your seed. You need to have a vision. Because without a vision, what does the Bible say? People perish. Have a vision of what you want to control in your life. How do you perceive yourself or the situation? This is what's in your heart. When you have no vision, you tend to lean toward the negative, And it shows by what comes out of your mouth. See, when you have no vision, you have no restraint. My wife and I were talking about this yesterday. And you just try anything. Well, what does this person say? Well, I'll go to that church over there. Well, what do they believe? Well, what does uh, that positive uh, speaker say? I'll try that pyramid scheme. I'll try this. I'll try that. Try this diet plan. Try this. Try that. You'll go anywhere because you have no restraint. You have no vision. But when you have a vision... That tends to restrain you to only doing those things that are in line with the path that God has set you on. See, if that's not in line with it, that might be a good thing, but that's for somebody else. Because I'm going this way. Come on, I'm single-minded. But when you don't have a vision, you say words like, I can't. Words like, I'm sick. That will never happen for me. That's not possible. It costs a lot of money. That has never been done before. I don't have time to do that. You need a special skill or degree to do that, and that's just not for me. Maybe some other day when the time is right, the weather's better, mood is right, or it's always been done like this. Those type of things, if you look back and you see those type of things constantly coming out of your mouth, you need to recheck your heart, Recheck the word. Is it in your heart? And recheck, do you have a vision? Because when you have a vision, you limit yourself in what you say and what you do. When you have a vision, you do those things that are consistent with that vision. And it shows by what comes out of your mouth. Now, I have some declarations this morning. I'm going to ask Lisa to put them up real quick. And I want us to say these together when you see them up here on the screen, okay? All right, let's go, Lisa. I will pursue my life's purpose no matter the setbacks. Number two, God has made me worthy even when I don't feel worthy. Number three, I am promised the opportunity for an abundant life. Come on. I choose joy over sorrow. I am becoming better every day. I am strong and secure. Next, I have the power to take charge of my life. I am a success. Next, I forgive myself for any and all past mistakes. Important. Come on, next. I feel confident from the inside out. I see each part of my life as a lesson. I am, I am lovable. And last... I choose to see myself 
the way God sees me. Come on, give the Lord some praise this morning. I choose to see myself the way God sees me. My wife and I have been talking about this. Come on, Dietrich, preach to him a little bit. We do things a little different. We just got a little more time. Share some stuff. She encouraged me yesterday. This, this is sort of my subject here. <laughs> I'm always talking about what you say. Let's everybody turn to Mark chapter 11, the book of Mark. And uh, we're going to talk about the triumphal entry where uh, the people laid down the branches and said, Hosanna. Okay, so let's start down at uh, verse 11. So this is after the people had cried, Hosanna. And it says, And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around about upon all things, and now the eventide, or the evening, was come, and he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So he had gone through Jerusalem, he had entered the temple, and he had observed. He didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. He observed all day. And when it was evening, he left. He went back out. And on the morrow, so the next day, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Now... Let's keep reading. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, but the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said, and Jesus answered and said, did the tree talk? Did the tree ask him a question? I think, th this is my mind, when he was walking up to that tree, he spoke to that tree and said, okay, I'm hungry. And I, I want some figs off of you. I need some, some, some fruit. I'm hungry. That tree said, mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm not giving you no, no fruit today because it's not my time. Listen, Jesus turned water into wine. Come Don't you now. think he could have made a fig on that tree? If he wanted to. That tree didn't, it didn't obey. Mm. And look what Jesus said. Mm. He said, uh, let me see. I had to find it down here. And Jesus answered and said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Now, he didn't say a whole lot of words. He said nine words. In the King James, it, it separates four and ever, so it makes it nine words. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Now, when we speak, we have to be careful not to... Um, say more than is what is necessary. If we have a sickness or issue and we say, I am healed by the blood of Jesus. I receive my healing. Come on. And the next day you wake up and you can't move and you can't get out of the bed. Satan, I said, according to Mark 11, 22 and 23, I'm healed and whatever I pray for in the name of Jesus, I have it. Amen. And it still doesn't happen. Satan, you have no authority over me, and you never. Okay, it didn't happen. What do we do? You tell your body to get up and move, <laughs> or if it doesn't, you just say, "I have confidence that I am healed in the name of Jesus." You don't. You don't exercise doubt. Mm -hmm. Satan, I said this because in your mind is saying that didn't work, and <laughs> your mind is saying, "Why didn't it work, God? Why didn't you work for me?" You have to have the confidence. What I said is what I said. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you keep going. This, this, is, this is what it is. Keep on going. Now, I don't care what it looks like. 
when it comes is up to God, it is what it is. It's already settled in my heart is what it is. Amen. All right. So we're going to keep going. And they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and seats of them that sold and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. Now, the day before, you can say, well, why didn't he do this the day before? You know, he had been there all day. He saw people buying and selling and doing all those things the day before. Why today? Well, Jesus says he only does what the Father tells him to do. He only says what the Father tells him to say. So the day before wasn't the time. This day was the time. So our endeavor is to be like Jesus. We only do what the Father does. We only say what the Father tells us to say, or else we'll move in the wrong time, right? The day before was his day to come through the triumphal entry and to be praised and say, Hosanna, this was the day to exercise his authority and to cast out those who were doing wrong in the temple. He says, it is not written that my house will be a house. It, is it not written, my house shall be called out? a house of all nations, the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Now we're going to go on down to verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now this was just the next day. In the morning, the day before he had spoken to the tree, the next day it was dried up. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed it's withered away. And Jesus answered, said, have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whoever shall say unto this mountain, say unto a mountain. Can mountains hear? If they couldn't hear, he wouldn't say, say unto a mountain. Can trees hear? If they couldn't hear, he wouldn't have spoke to the tree. All right. Can money hear? Yeah, it says you can speak to things that we think can't hear and cause a change in the atmosphere, right? Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever, whatever, whatever he says. He shall have whatever he says. Amen? All right. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's take that word to heart. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Now, here's what I want to do. God puts such an importance on what we say and what comes out of our mouth, both positive and and negative. 